Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in, Boston sports fans everywhere. Episode 6 of Boston's Big Four on the Believe Podcast Network. As you know by now, home base for all things Boston sports for the fans of the City of Champions. Where this business right here is a 24-7, 365 days a year passion. You can find the show on Apple, Spotify, or Google. New releases every single Tuesday. Of course, I'm your host, Stephen Ace Norman. All of our social media for the program is on our webpage, which you can find at Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V. A lot to get to here on the program this week. The state of the affairs for the New England Patriots. Just in case you're waking up from a 72-hour nap or nightmare, as I saw it, the Patriots falling in Buffalo in a game that wasn't competitive from the very opening kickoff. Patriots losing 47-17. to Game was over by half. I mean, destroyed in an absolute blowout. All Bills from the beginning of the game to the finish of the game, which set the tone for what was a very tough and unenjoyable weekend. I mean, it really was. Horrible weekend if you look at it in totality, at least for myself. I can't speak for other people. But when you watch a game like that on Saturday night, And then you try to watch football for the rest of the weekend, even as an avid fan, which I consider myself, it kind of puts a damper on the whole experience because in the back of your mind, you're thinking to yourself, or at least I was, oh man, my team sucked. My team was one of the embarrassments of the whole entire weekend. We're not going to be looking at these teams and how they match up against the Patriots in the future. There's no more talk about a run. And I guess it shouldn't come as a a complete surprise looking at the way the Patriots played the final five weeks of the friggin' season. But Saturday night, what you saw in Buffalo, to me, was the equivalent of having your pants pulled down and a girl that you like pointing and laughing at you while you stand there naked. I mean, that's what it was like as a Patriots fan, at least. Or that's how the Patriots should feel. On last week's episode, I outlined why... I like the Patriots with the points as underdogs, but my gut reaction was they're just not going to be good enough to beat Buffalo, not based off of how they had been playing since that bye week, not based off how they'd been talking since that bye week or how they've handled pivotal and crucial components and times of specific matchups during that span. But I thought the Patriots had a fighting chance. They had a puncher's chance, if you will. But I didn't think the Bills were going to win like that. I thought they were going to win. I did. But not like that. And that comes back to, I can accept being outplayed by a better team. I can accept having one team beat another team because they just had a better day. They were able to execute better than the Patriots. But what I can't accept is a lack of effort in a playoff game versus a division rival where your pride is on the line, it's the rubber match of the series, 1-1, the Patriots had already beaten Buffalo in Buffalo, they had proven they could be the more physical team, the more mentally tough team, 
dealing with the elements, lining up with your opponent, knowing what you're going to do, and yet still punching them in the mouth 46 times in a row and winning what was a tight game, but yet you came out victorious in a game that now I look at and say, as much as we looked at at that win as a pivotal win for this Patriots team, not just in this season, but for the division and in the future, I think now that that win was probably to the team's detriment. Just like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and I realize I'm crossing sports here, but just like that tandem, throw in Marcus Smart into that group, whatever, it worked to their detriment pushing Cleveland to the max and in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals because they read their press clippings and they got too big for their britches. Because then in Week 16, you lose at Gillette, you're outdueled by a top 5 quarterback having a career day, but... It wasn't just the career day that was proven in this loss on Saturday that there's more there than just Josh Allen. So you get round three tied up one one. The Bills clinched the division, but it was in the final week of the season. So it would have been more of an accomplishment for the Patriots to go into Buffalo losing the division by one game. But yet in a playoff matchup, the wild card round winning that game in their home stadium where there was more pressure on the Bills, starved for a home playoff win, just their third home playoff game in 25 years. Last year, getting a win in Buffalo in the postseason, but they didn't have a full crowd there. So there was more pressure on the Buffalo Bills. And I realize, for everyone out there that's saying, how could you say that there wasn't pressure on the Patriots? I'm not saying that. It's the postseason. There's pressure on both teams. It's part of the game. It's a one-game season. Okay, it's game seven. It's the history books are written in these type of games. So I get it. Pressure on both teams. But which team had more pressure? The Bills. Home team. Home favorite. Supposed to be here. Won the division in back-to-back years. They have higher expectations. High Super Bowl odds all season long. The GM, Brandon Bean. The head coach, Sean McDermott. The defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. All there since 2017. Five years in the making with those guys. Brian Dayball, Josh Allen, both brought in in 2018 to jumpstart that offense. So they're in the fifth year of this whole process. They're a team that has playoff experience, that has three double-digit winning seasons under Sean McDermott. They now have that elite quarterback, They have four seasons of winning football out of the last five. They're viewed as the Patriots' little brother. There's still that narrative out there that the Bills will do Bills things and ruin their opportunities and spoil their chances, where with just as recently as December 6th, you're back to second fiddle in the East, a feeling that Buffalo Bills fans and Buffalo Bill players and Buffalo Bill ownership knows all too well. And your physical and mental toughness is being called into question. So yeah, the Bills did have more pressure, okay? They had more pressure. Just admit it. That doesn't mean the Patriots were without pressure. That didn't mean that the crumble at the end of the season and down the stretch, the defense not showing up, Mac looking like a rookie, having questions about the buy-in that we thought was there earlier in the season, wasn't looming over the Patriots. It was. And when you have Bill Belichick as head genius of all of that, then of course you're going to have pressure on you. 
And of course, the Patriots are going to have pressure winning six Super Bowls and going to nine during Bill's 22 years here. Absolutely. But which team was dealing with the burden of more immediate urgency? And that's kind of redundant, but you get it. Or urgency? That would be the Buffalo Bills. The team with the fan base, that has a widespread demographic. I get it, okay? But largely consists of men 20 to 50 years old jumping shirtless in negative temperatures off of RVs and truck beds onto foldable tables like Gen Z TikTokers trying to make a name for themselves. And in front of that crowd, which additionally threw, well, let's call it an adult toy, okay, an adult toy, and national viewers that are sick of the Patriots, New England obliged to them. They were humiliated on Saturday night. Look, we knew that the margin for error for this team was runway model thin. Look, it's one thing to lose to a better team, to a team that's just further along in their program, further along at the quarterback position, further along at the skill positions, that's well coached. But it's another thing to just not show up, not show up for a playoff game. I mean, you have to have something seriously mentally off with this group to not show up to a playoff game, to show up and give that performance for a playoff game. I mean, I don't know how you can't be ready. I can't explain it away. I mean, you either don't know what you're supposed to do as far as your job, as far as the scheme, as far as the game plan, or you just don't care enough. I mean, when you come out as flat as the Patriots did, it's almost like you didn't know what the stakes of the game were. Like, oh yeah, this is just an exhibition game. We'll show up, we'll go through the motions, we'll take this film back, and then when it really matters, well then we'll try. Listen, being a fan of the Patriots has been over 20 some odd years relatively easy, right? There's success every single season. We always know that we're going to have a chance at the end. You have the greatest coach of all time. You had the greatest quarterback of all time. You were always going to be there with a position to win. Now, you didn't win every year. You went to nine Super Bowls, not too friggin' shabby. You won six of them. There were some gut-wrenching losses in between those periods. Absolutely. You go back to that 2006 AFC Championship game against the Colts. Thou, that one stung. You had that one at half. You would have beaten the Bears that year. That one hurt. The loss to the Eagles, for obvious reasons, your offense explodes, your defense implodes. The losses to the Giants in what would have been an undefeated season at your fingertips, literally pressed up against the helmet. You lose that one. You lose the rematch. Those are all gut-churning, don't want to listen to sports talk radio, don't want to watch ESPN and other national media outlets because it just hurts too much. But Saturday night, that doesn't hurt too much. No, 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 I'm pissed. It doesn't hurt too much. They were never in the game. They never showed up to the game. It was almost like the collective mind frame was, all right, guys, let's get off the bus. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cold out there. Yeah. I know this is going to suck for three hours. Well, don't worry. In three hours, once we lose this game, right, we're going to lose, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Check. All right. Just making sure we're all on the same page. After we lose, we can all go somewhere warm for a really long time. All right. Hands in one, two, three vacation time. I mean, that was the worst loss I can remember for the Patriots because they, they point blank didn't show up. They didn't care. Not enough, at least. It was the worst playoff loss under Bill. I mean, 
if you look at how many points they gave up, 47, that's the most points Bill Belichick and his defense has given up in all his years here in New England. So listen, I tip my cap to Josh Allen and all the Buffalo Bills because they executed, they gave a damn. They were able to do whatever they wanted to do. They were still throwing the football up 40-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, throwing touchdown passes to a lineman, Tommy Doyle, to make it 47-10. to 10. And for all the complaining that I've heard the past few days about, oh, well, they were laying it on thick. Oh, have some respect for your opponent. Shut up. Playoff game, division foe, stop them or don't complain. How many years have the Patriots done this to opponents and we all laugh and say, ha, 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 isn't it great? Isn't it funny? Oh, they're working on stuff. Yeah. So save all that complaining. That's just bitching and moaning for the sake of bitching and moaning and putting the blame somewhere else rather than where it's deserved. And as much as it pisses me off, their performance, and as much as it pisses me off to listen to key leaders and members of this team post-game say, yeah, you know what? We just weren't locked in as much mentally as we needed to be. We just weren't focused enough. We, we just got away from who we were. As much as that pisses me off, it also concerns the ever-living crap out of me. Because this is a large portion of the team that's coming back next year. And the players who are going to depart in free agency, whether it be for more money or whether it be to retire or whatever the reason, I really wonder, what's the mindset of this team? What is it? Because we heard for a large portion of the season, yeah, we have that two and four mentality. And they did. When things were on track and going the right way and they were steamrolling opponents and jumping all over teams that were injured or had COVID or just had bad days that the Patriots made look bad. But then when they got that lead dog mentality, they played down and they gave up and they didn't show up and they didn't put in that same work that got them to that point. And that's concerning because that's a cultural thing. And I wonder, do they get it? Do they have the buy-in that we heard they have? Do they love playing for each other like they claim they did? But that's a topic that we'll have plenty of time to visit, plenty of time to spend on, hash over as we look at 2022, what this offseason looks like, the cap numbers, the free agents, the restricted free agents, and moves the Patriots could potentially make as we look at the draft. A lot to get to as we get into the offseason, and there will be plenty of time to unpack a lot of those thoughts and a lot of those concerns as it relates to the future of the Patriots. But like a good therapist, I'm going to take you back to your past, or I should say the Patriots' past, because to understand where you are, you have to go back to where you came from, how you got there, why you got there. So I'm going to give you my Three main reasons, because there were plenty of reasons. I'll give you my three main reasons for the loss on Saturday night. I'm going to start with defense. And I should mention that although there is a certain order to these, I'm going to start with my number two reason and work my way down and then circle back to my very top reason at the end. My first reason here is the defense. And I've been on the defense Really, since that bye week, I've been on the defense a lot this season. I do that because I look at who's on that side of the football with experienced veterans who have both been in the program for a long time, have been captains and leaders for a long time, and you mix that in with other players who have either been here or were new additions, 
but impact players. And if you look at statistically how they had performed throughout the early parts of the season and then into the middle part of that season, they were the catalyst for the seven-game turnaround. It wasn't the offense. It definitely, definitely wasn't the special teams. And maybe I was fooled by the numbers. Maybe I was misled by who they were playing and at what point in the season they were playing them. But entering week 14, the defense gave up a league-best 15.38 points per game. And you looked at that and you said, if this team was going to have success going forward, if they were going to be able to compete with the better quarterbacks, with the better offenses, with the teams that were more explosive, the defense was going to need to carry it. Mack was playing good, not great. For the most part, mistake-free football, not hurting his team. Efficient with the football, not turning it over. The offense was gaining its identity. They were running the football. The offensive line was protecting Mack. They were making big, huge holes for that running game. Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, Brandon Bolden. They had found an identity. And the formula was simple, straightforward, and for everyone to see. It was a team that was going to have success with stingy defense, good against the pass, whether it be in zone coverage or man, strong up front against the run, with a reinforced defensive line that was upgraded in the offseason, a team that could finally get to the quarterback with four, an offense that was led by their offensive line and their running backs, and was able to efficiently throw the football when called upon and have to have it situations with a quarterback that was ahead of schedule in relation to other rookies. And that's how this team was going to win. It was no secret, but the defense had to be the unit that was going to carry the team. I've said it before, every team has a leader. It can be an individual or it can be a unit. That unit is the defense, was the defense, And that's why I look at this game and I say, they're the one that failed. The defense was never an impediment to Buffalo. In fact, they were a treadmill for Buffalo with players handing out running shoes with Gatorade refreshments for them. The numbers were eye-popping. It felt like every time that I checked Twitter, there was a new stat up there, a new tweet out there of history that was made versus a Bill Belichick defense or history that was made in the NFL during the postseason with what the Bills were doing. What we were watching was Sickening and shocking all at the same time. 482 total yards given up by the Patriots. Seven touchdowns on seven possessions. The Bills' drive charts looked like this. Started on their own 30, went nine plays, 70 yards, touchdown. Started on their own 20, went 10 plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Started on their own 19, 10 plays, 81 yards, touchdown. Started on their own 11, four plays, 89 yards, touchdown. Started on their own 42, six plays, 58 yards, touchdown. Started on their own 23, nine plays, 77 yards, touchdown. And then started on the New England Patriots, 39, three plays, 39 yards, and shockingly, a touchdown. The Patriots' stingy defense, one of the top statistically ranked overall defenses in the National Football League for most, if not all, of the season, was not able to force the Buffalo Bills to punt the football once. That's the second time in two games that that's happened. In this game, though, unlike Week 16, the Patriots weren't even able to force a fourth down. 
Nope, they didn't even get to fourth down. Don't worry about getting there and converting on a fourth down like they did in week 16. Now you don't even need to get there. Why? Because the Patriots defense only forced six, that's right, six third downs for Buffalo, which of course they were perfect on six for six. When it was all said and done, Josh Allen finished the night 21 of 25, 308 passing, five touchdowns through the air, 66 rush yards. The guy finished the night with less incompletions than touchdown passes. I mean, think about that. Less incomplete passes than touchdown passes. Buffalo averaged 8.9 yards per play, 12.3 yards per pass play. They were able to buy time in the pocket all day long if they wanted. The pass to Dawson Knox in the end zone was almost 10 seconds. Josh Allen was trying to throw the ball away, he admitted. Dawson Knox caught it. It was that type of night. But the punting thing, that that blows my mind. The Patriots haven't forced a punt versus the Buffalo Bills since the 12.59 mark of the third quarter of the first matchup in Buffalo. Two games plus nine quarters leading into week 16. And Bills 22 years here in New England, there had not been one single game where his defense failed to force a punt. Not one. And this is a unit that once again called upon. Since the bye, they gave up 30 points a game. 157.8 rush yards a game. 189.4 passing yards per game. They only had four sacks during that period and only forced four turnovers. Three of them were versus Jacksonville. Saturday night, no sacks, one pressure, no turnovers. The next on the list of losses, reason four losses, could be easily 3A and 3B. I'll start with 3A, if you will. Was the horrible start once again proves way too costly for this team. After the first quarter of the game, Patriots are down 14 to nothing, which felt like the way that they were playing was insurmountable. It just wasn't something they could possibly come back from. It was the fourth time in the last five games the Patriots trailed entering the second quarter. During the five-game span after the bye, they were outscored in the first quarter 52-7. to So the Patriots ended up being down 20 to nothing in this game, then 27-3 at half. You knew it was over by half, or at least I did. I knew there was no way the Patriots were coming back in that game. Not the way their offense is going to play, needs to play. Not the way that their defense was performing, most uh, most importantly. And not with the mistakes that they were making, which is my 3B reason. Because those mistakes and the poor discipline that showed up for the final five weeks of the season was still right there in full focus on Saturday night. The third play of the opening drive saw Jakob Johnson false start. First set of downs, scripted plays. You should know the snap count, inexcusable. Brandon Bolden has an inexcusable drop. Uh, There was a point where the Patriots drove to midfield. They allowed a sack, then a delay a game on consecutive snaps. In the third quarter, they were flagged for 12 men in the offensive huddle. Yell out a 52-yard punt return in the fourth when the game was already done. Hunter Henry dropped a wide-open touchdown when the game was already done. But still, mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Before I get to number one on my list of why the Patriots lost, I do want to talk briefly here about the offense. Mac Jones in this game, 24 of 38, 232 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. 
So a lot's been made here over the past couple days about Mac, how culpable he was in that loss. I'll say this, the kid showed up. The kid played. He looked better in this game than he had since Jacksonville, and before that, I can't recall. He was far from perfect, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a clean and tidy game by any means, but he made plays when the offense couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, He threw a couple of nice passes. I thought the passes uh, to, to Kendrick Bourne late in that game were some nice passes. A lot's been made of the interception to Micah Hyde. Not a perfect throw, okay? Not a perfect throw, but just an amazing play. Could he have put the ball a little bit further out for Nelson Aguilar to make a play? Sure. Could Nelson Aguilar have fought a little bit for the ball and come back to it instead of waiting it to get to him? Sure. Um, But ultimately, the offense as a whole, just not good enough. Not good enough again. Uh, And a key aspect of this game was going to be the ability to run the football. Right? Running the football. This is a key of this team, a staple of this team. And Mac Jones was your leading rusher at half with 18 yards on the ground. They finished the night with 20 yard, uh, twenty rushes, 89 yards total, 4.5 yards on average. They had to abandon the run to some degree after falling behind so early, and it's just so key for this team. The Patriots this season, in games that they rushed for over 125 yards, they were 8-2. and two. In games they rushed for under 125 yards, they were 2-5. and five. And this was a Bills team where, obviously, you recall the 41 carries, 225 yards in week 13, the 21 carries, 116 yards in week 16, and they were running the ball at a good clip versus the Buffalo Bills, not able to stick with that run game because of the big hole, because of the mistakes, and that was going to be an impediment for this offense and how they like to play the game how they like to set up the play action with the run game to help alleviate the pressure on Mac Jones, who's making his first NFL playoff start in difficult elements versus a very good pass defense team. I promised that I would circle back around and talk more about my number one overall reason for the loss. And for me, that's Bill Belichick and Bill We Trust, Bill Nye the Genius Guy, whatever you want to call him, whatever nickname, Sith Lord, But I put this loss number one on him and the coaching staff. Look, Bill to me is like a quarterback. Quarterbacks get the most praise when a team wins. They get the most criticism when a team loses. Oftentimes, that's not a fair level of scrutiny for a particular player where it's a team sport. But in this case for Bill, I think it's fair. Listen, players win the games on game days. They, more times than not, typically are the ones that win you and lose you games. But coaches behind the scenes can get them ready and arm them. And Bill Belichick is the master at doing that. I gave the Patriots a shot in this game, not based off of how they were playing, leading into the playoffs, not based off of the matchup with the Buffalo Bills and how I broke down on paper which team was better. No, I gave them the shot that I gave them in a large part because of Bill Belichick and his game plans and the way that he has the ability to scheme for particular players, high-level players, high-profile players. And instead, Josh Allen had his second career day and as many shots at it against Bill Belichick. So I look at that now and I say, Bill Belichick over a player, over the player theory, that goes out the window. This is the same defense that gave up 429 yards, 
314 passing, 115 yards on the ground, 33 points, could have been more in week 16, was 6 for 12 on third downs, and gave up three out of the four fourth downs that the Buffalo Bills went for. So yeah, I expected more out of Bill. I expected a wrinkle. I expected him to have something up his sleeve for the third time around. It's hard for an average coach to break out something new in the third time facing the same team. But Bill Belichick, he's the exception to the rule, not the rule. So I expected more from Bill. I expected him to be more aggressive, to push the envelope versus this Bills team. The method that he has used for Josh Allen has not worked. It hasn't worked. Josh Allen has ripped through Bill Belichick and his defenses now more times than not as of recent. Just ripped through him. Week 13, he played okay given the elements. Week 16, he had a career day. Now here in the wild card game, he has another career day, which took it to another level. Now I think Josh Allen's a great player. So maybe Bill just can't stop a player like Josh Allen who can go off script. I don't know. But I expected more from Bill. I mean, he didn't have two of his more athletic defenders playing in this game. Chase Winovich was inactive. Josh Uche played limited snaps. I think he had six. Now, are those great players? No. Have I expected more from those players? Yes, I have. But given how you match up versus Buffalo and their speed and your lack of speed at the linebacker position specifically, I expected you to have a little bit of a wrinkle, whether it be playing players that you don't typically play. And I don't want to hear that they had to stay in zone coverage and get picked apart because Jalen Mills was in COVID protocol and Jonathan Jones is out for the year. I know what their holes were in the cornerback department. I get it. They were playing two practice player, practice squad player guys. I get it. But I've seen less talented versions of the Patriots play a hell of a lot better defense than what I saw from that group on Saturday night. I even put a portion of the lack of compete on Bill. That comes back to coaching. Being outcoached and not having your players ready. Whatever you have to do to get your guys going, you have to do it. You have to know your locker room inside and out. You have to be able to get the most out of them. And for years, and week in and week out, we hear Bill gets the most out of lesser players. Well, you know what? Where was that on Saturday? So there's not enough emphasis, I guess, on coming in ready to play from the get-go when they've had starts to their games the way that they have as of recent. And that seems to be a good place to end this week's episode. So there you have it. Episode six of Boston's Big Four in the books. Now that the Patriots season is over, we'll have more time to dive into the Celtics, who are winners of their last five of six. Trade deadline right around the corner, early February. The Bees with Tuka Rask in goal. I realize I said he signed with the Celtics. We all know what I meant, so get off my back. (laughs) I'm just kidding. They seem to be back on track, though, that being the Bees, and there's still plenty of Patriots talk to come. Believe me, there's no real offseason or downtime when it comes to the Patriots in Boston or the NFL as a whole. I already have topics lined up that we just didn't have time to hit on this week. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did and you want to hear more, please subscribe and download the show, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, basically. New episodes every Tuesday. If you want to follow us on social media, we have an Instagram, we have a Facebook, we have an email. We can hit on whatever you like if you have a topic in mind. Thank you for loaning me your ears and your attention. I know it's valuable. Until next week, Boston, be well, be healthy, be real. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.